Welcome to the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. In every episode here, we discuss different things that are relevant to female health. We also cover essential oils and other germane topics to female health. Flip on your diffuser and bask in the beauty that is essential oils and naturopathy. Hello everybody, this is Gregory and welcome back to another episode of the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. I hope you are doing well today. Today we're going to go back to our roots and talk about diffusers for aromatherapy. If you're new to the channel, if you scroll back, originally my ex-fiance did the first four episodes and the goal was to have a channel solely devoted to essential oils. So she did the first four, which were lavender, lemon, peppermint, and frankincense. And then after the breakup, uh, a year or so later, I resurrected the channel and I did about 50 extra oils. And then I kind of morphed it into overall female holistic health and that we cover a variety of topics. But I wanted to go back to talk about Diffusers. Now, I think most of you guys know what diffusers are. If not, diffusers is one of the many ways that you can apply essential oils to your body, around your body, in your body. And essentially what it does is that it aerosolizes the oil. So you can apply an oil neat, for example, which means not diluted straight onto your skin. You can apply it in a carrier oil, which is recommended for the large majority of oils. So it could be jojoba or coconut oil, and you can apply it on your skin. Some people like to put them in baths. Some people like to, I mean, you can even make your own uh, car freshener. Uh, There's a lot of essential oil recipes that we have at Naturopathic Earth, the website. And also you can find tons of these anywhere. So there's, there's plenty of ways you can use essential oils. But I think maybe one of the most popular ways is just diffusers because you can walk into a room and you just smell whatever you're using bergamot you know you could smell rose if you want to diffuse rose kind of expensive but you can you you smell it and so good diffusers really range in in cost you can go to amazon and buy one that's really cheap maybe 30 dollar ones but let me tell you those will not fill up the room as well and if you ever go to amazon you see they'll have on sale you can buy 12 oils and a diffuser for forty dollars. I mean, clearly you're not getting therapeutic grade, high quality oils, and the diffuser is probably going to stink. So, I would tell you that you really need to invest in a good diffuser. DoTerra, Young Living, which are probably regarded as as the two best. I mean, like they're they're MLMs, they're multi level marketing scams in some ways. Okay, no offense to either, but let's let's be real, they are MLMs. And uh, I think their the oils are generally regarded to be pretty good. And I, let me tell you, my ex-fiance had, uh, I believe it was a Young Living. I don't know. She had family connections that, so she got free oils from both Young Living and Deterra and a free diffuser. And her, she told me her diffuser was like $250. And it was nice. It was wooden on the bottom and it had a big glass bulb on the top. And it was a good a really good diffuser. So if you're willing to go high end, then I would probably recommend going to one of their websites and checking them out. Uh, again, I'm not affiliated with any any aromatherapy company at all. But most of you guys are probably going to go under $100. And look, it's a good investment, especially if you like the way they smell. So what are the, the different types of diffusers? Well, there's the ultrasonic 
Ultrasonic is the kind of, they use electronic frequencies to vibrate quickly, and then they create an effect like boiling water but without the heat. And what happens is the vibrations, they break down the essential oils into tiny microparticles, which then disperse into the air as a fine mist. So if you go, you could probably find an ultrasonic diffuser. Yeah, about 40, 50 bucks. Okay. Another one is if, if that, that's the most popular one. Then if you want something that's a stronger scent, you can go for a nebulizer diffuser. Nebulizer reminds me of when I used to work at Urgent Care. Sorry, tea break. We used to do treatments. Uh, we used, like if you had a, if you came in with a respiratory problem, uh, the fastest way of fastest route of administration for a drug for respiratory problems is just breathing in. So instead of doing a shot or IV, they would they would give you like this Indian peace pipe, a nebulizer, and they put the drug in the nebulizer, and then it would aerosolize it, and you'd breathe it in. So nebulizing diffusers are a little different. They vaporize the oil before releasing it into a mist. And so what happens with the nebulizing diffusers, it's a more intense aroma, especially if you like the citrus oil, so like bergamot and lemon and so forth, and orange. And these can be a little more expensive, and they're really weird. Like if you go to Amazon and check them out, they're, they're much different. Like, like the ultrasonic diffusers are what we think of the typical one. You know, you, you fill the bottom with water, you put in some drops, you turn it on. You know. But the nebulizing diffusers are, are really freaky. They're very modern looking, very modern looking. But if you want the stronger one, that's probably the best one. What I would tell you is avoid steam diffusers, candle diffusers, hot plate diffusers. Because, I mean, you can use these for essential oils, but they're not really made for essential oils. And that's the problem with them. And it, they heat the oils, but they disturb and kind of disrupt the delicate chemistry of the oil. So if you think of like what scrambling an egg does to an egg or what microwaving does to food, it denatures them. So it's not necessarily the best so what are the traits of a good diffuser clearly reliability and clearly that you can smell them and they're efficacious for whatever problem you want so a lot of people diffuse just for anxiety right it smells good and it just kind of brings a, a equanimity to your life a balance to your life and just remember a good diffuser will disperse enough aroma to scent a room in under 30 minutes after that, you can get overexposed and start irritating breathing passages. And this is something that I've mentioned in previous episodes. If you scroll back, I think there's a do's and don'ts of essential oils 101. I think that was back in 2017. And one of the mistakes that people do is they they just leave on essential oils all day. I remember where I used to work, there was a woman. She was a bookkeeper. I'd go into a room and she would be diffusing and not even like high quality therapeutic grade. It'd be like cookies and cream flavor. <laughs> oatmeal cookie flavor you go in and she had a on all day and her room was small like 10 10 by 6 i mean it was small and i told her it's like you know uh from what i understand you shouldn't be diffusing oils. but she kept doing it she, you know, she didn't listen to me i was like okay but you know we have to admonish the sinner so to speak if you want to use christian terms and then dust the sand off your sandals if you if they don't want to hear it so don't over diffuse you know, they typically though, and it, also it's a little more sensitive for kids. So you know, thirty minutes on, a couple of times a day is good. You do not want to have it on all the time. How much are you going to spend? Uh, look, I would get the, the 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 most expensive ones. It really depends on how often you use them. But if you're really into oils, get the glass and wood ones. The ones that I told you my ex fiance had. I mean, they are going to be over a hundred dollars easily, but they're pretty good. They're pretty good. 
if you're just got on and off, you just want to kind of be a novitiate to essentials, you can get one of the ones that are 50, 60 bucks. Ultimately, it's up to you what you want to do. Again, kind of know what you want, browse around. I would recommend you get the high end ones if you can't, but just do's and don'ts. Use it, keep them on for 30 minutes and diffusing just like your oils. Look, some of your oils are very expensive. You have to think long term. And if you're thinking long term, one of the ways that we use essential oils is by diffusing them. So invest in something that's going to work and just be careful that your kid doesn't drop it and break, especially the glass ones. But I would recommend you get the, the better ones because I've been around them. They're, they're, they're really good and they're really worth it. It really makes your day and your, and your place smell better. Guys, the website's Naturopathic Earth. Go check it out. Please post an honest review right now. It takes you two seconds. It really means a lot to me. It helps with the algorithm. And, of course, it's no expense to you. If you do want to help us out, there is a PayPal link found in the episode notes. And there's also a link to the website, Naturopathic Earth, because I know it's hard to spell. Go over there and check out all the, the essential oil recipes and holistic health articles and food recipes that we have over there. Also, we're Amazon affiliates. So if you go to Naturopathic Earth, you'll notice on the right side there's a picture of my two books, Confessions of an Obese Child and Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior. Click on those. And it takes you to Amazon. Anything you buy on Amazon within 24 hours, we get a 2% commission expense to you. They don't raise the price. And lastly, please subscribe, post an honest review for the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. Also, go check out my main podcast channel, which is The Awakened Man. There's a lot of back episodes that deal with overall health issues. So go check that out. And also, Confessions of an Obi Child if you deal with food addictions and early childhood trauma. Until next time. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory with a concurrent episode of The Awaken Man with the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. I do need to change the intro to that. But today we're going to talk about common carcinogens that you can find in your life. Now, many people don't even think about this at all, but you really do need to think about it. Now, there is a branch of the World Health Organization called the International Agency on the Research for Cancer. And their job and look, I, I'm not a big fan overall of the WHO, but this is a, a division that is has been pretty clear and honest about things, and they don't obfuscate as much as some of the other parts of the WHO, along with the FDA and the CDC. But their focus and concentration is essentially doing research on stuff that you can find in your life that can be possibly carcinogenic. So today we're just going to review some. Well-known to maybe not as well-known, but pervasive in your life things that might be increasing your chances of getting cancer. So let's get to it. Now, there are different categories. So the IARC has group one, which is carcinogenic to humans. It means, in other words, these things will increase your chances of cancer. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you will get this. Right? Just for example, we know smoking. There's people who've been smoking a pack a day and they're 90 years old. Like I think of my grandfather. My grandfather died. He was probably like 101. That man was an alcoholic and he smoked cigars. And then my dad, who was also an alcoholic but didn't smoke, died the same year at 68 from an aneurysm. So there's always going to be exceptions. 
So just because I mentioned something on the list doesn't mean it's going to cause you cancer per se. And also it doesn't mean that it's going to give all types of cancer. It can be connected to a certain cancer. Like we know that food dyes, red number 40, has a link to increasing your chances of getting bladder cancer. So it doesn't increase your chances of all cancers, but bladder cancer. But if you think and you understand the concept of cancer, which is essentially unregulated cell growth, that if it has an attachment or connection to one cancer of a certain organ, then chances are, I mean, it's probably going to be not good for other organs in your life. Okay, so just understand these kind of things. All right, so let's get to it. I'm only going to mention some basic ones. So aflatoxins, you might get exposure to aflatoxins through fungus infections or mold infections in your house. Alcohol at beverages. Now, this is, this is, I think, not that well known. And it's not like if you tell an alcoholic, hey, you know you're increasing your chances of getting cancer by drinking alcohol every day. They're going to be like, you know what, Bob? You're right. I'm going to stop drinking today. They're alcoholics. They're addicts. But alcohol, ethanol as it's broken down by the liver, it's a class one carcinogen. And I would say it's honestly probably the most pervasive of the things that we're going to talk about today. And I get it. Look, some people started drinking alcohol at a young age, right? Peer pressure in high school, and they got hooked on it. They started associating emotions with the drinking, kind of like we talk about over at Confessions of an Obese Child on the other feed. Oh, and by the way, by the way, I created a channel for the four podcasts that I have now. So The Awakened Man, Female Holistic Health Apothecary, Confessions of an Obi Shot, and the new one, The Cinema Rag, the one on movies, is under a channel by the name of Eclectico Gregorio, which is essentially Spanish for Eclectic Gregory. That has nothing to do with this episode, but I just want to know if you if you do find it on your Apple and you see that title, that's what it is. I just created a channel which has all four of these. All right, so alcohol, it does increase your chances of getting cancer. So if you can control your alcohol consumption, and we talked about in a previous episode how alcohol dependence is defined as having more than 14 drinks a week for men and 10 drinks a week for women. It doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. An al- alcoholic definition is that it affects relationships in your job. But if you're a functional alcoholic, for example, but you just drink a lot, then you'd be alcohol dependent. And there's quite a lot of Americans who are alcohol dependent. But if you're able to control your drinking, just understand you're increasing your chances of dying of cancer. And one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, and one in two men. doesn't mean you'll die from it, but you'll be diagnosed with it. Let's keep going. We're going to go in clearly, alphabetically, and clearly, arbitrarily, I'm picking things. Arsenic. Okay, you can sometimes find arsenic in your foods. We have previous episodes. Most recently, have uh, they found lead and cadmium in certain brands of dark chocolate? Asbestos. Um, you'll still see those commercials. Did you work with asbestos in 1955? You might have mesothelioma. So we know that asbestos has largely been removed from a lot of buildings and so forth. There used to be insulation in houses, but again, if you are exposed to it, it's not good. Benzene, benzidine, these are products, offshoots you're most likely to be exposed to would be oxybenzone, which is in sunscreen. We have a very early episode how you should not be using conventional sunscreen. Uh, and that if you're going to use it, get the organic ones that use titanium oxide and zinc oxide as the active ingredient. 
or just don't use it at all because it also inhibits vitamin D production. But I, I never use sunscreen. What else? Coal, coal tar pitch. So if you're ever working on roofs and you got to put out that tar stuff out there, it's very strong. Engine exhaust. So don't be breathing in when you're filling up your, your tank with diesel or whatever you're filling it in. Estrogen-only menopausal therapy. This is this is pretty important because a lot of women are on hormonal contraceptives, and we talked about it over at The Awakened Man probably back in 2017. I think there was an episode, and I'll try to put it in the link over at Naturopathic Earth for the for this episode. I think the episode was like 11 reasons women should not be on hormonal contraceptives, and one of them it is carcinogenic, and that there's links to it for the female organs. Uh, especially ovarian cancer and breast cancer. But you see, you see women that take hormones, estrogen hormones after menopause because they want to continue to look like a woman. Just be very careful. I would take bioidentical hormones if you're going to do it. But back like in the 80s and 90s, we were giving just, just straight out fake estrogen and it was leading to cancer. So again, knowledge is power. Right, knowledge is power. Formaldehyde, for all you guys who work at cemeteries and funeral homes, I should say. Uh, Heliobacter pylori, H. pylori, that is a bacteria that you get in your stomach caused by, it causes ulcers. Hepatitis B, hepatitis C, HIV, HPV. We have an episode here on you shouldn't take the Gardasil vaccine, some of the issues with the Gardasil HPV vaccine. But we know that's linked to cervical cancer. But uh, the the the... The vaccine itself has had problems, and it, it's it's not as pushed as much. I think it was five years ago. Five years ago, it was it was getting pushed quite a bit here in Texas. The governor at the time, so it must have been more than five years ago, probably ten years ago. Governor Perry, who ran for president later, was trying to make it mandatory for all twelve-year-olds, and luckily it was pushed. And then it was it was thwarted. And then you found out later, not surprisingly, that he had connections to the drug company that was making the HPV vaccine, the Gardasil vaccine. Ionizing radiation, I don't think we have to spend time on that. So you need to be careful when you're getting your x-rays that they don't over-radiate you. Just understand, MRIs are not ionizing, but CTs are. Plain film x-rays are, but CTs are much stronger. And when you're getting CTs, you're just getting doused with radiation. Fluoroscopy, the live x-ray, you're also getting doused quite a bit. And um, x-ray techs, of course, know this because they're wearing lead vests all the time and so forth. But you need to wear a lead apron if you're getting, let's say, an x-ray done of your head or a CT of your head to protect your reproductive organs because your reproductive organs are very radiosensitive, meaning they're very sensitive to getting doused with radiation, whereas your bones are what we would call the radio resistant. So your bones can handle that, but your thyroid, for example, in your reproductive organs, essentially your, your endocrine organs are very sensitive to radiation. You also have opium, even though I don't think a lot of people are doing opium anymore. Uh, plutonium, just in case you didn't know that. Certain types of paint. Uh, we have an episode on the importance of volatile organic free compounds, VOC compounds. Processed meats. So processed meats, we do have an episode here and a couple articles on it. I think this is relatively well known because about two, three years ago, Time Magazine did a bit of expose on it. So red meat itself, I would tell you, is not problematic. There there were some specious articles and, and certainly mainstream articles that said that eating meat is cancerous, but you you... You have to understand these studies that typically people who eat a lot of steak also smoke and drink a lot of alcohol. So when you look at the studies, you have to be very careful on isolating that. Now, processed meat 
is carcinogenic. It's directly linked to colorectal cancer in particular. So hot dogs, Subway. I, I, we have an episode here on Subway used to put the same chemicals that made yoga mat soft into their bread to make their bread soft. So Vienna sausages, uh, bacons that are shot up with sodium nitrate, sodium nitrite, all the processed meats, processed chickens, processed fish, just they're fake feet. They're just fake meat, right? And then shot up with these really bad preservatives. So please stay away. What else? Well, obviously tobacco. We I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it. I think only people who are very addicted to it still do it. And this is why I have a problem with vaping. I have a couple episodes on vaping back from two, three years ago because places and people like Juul, they know exactly what they're doing. Juul vaping, Juul has nicotine in their products and they intentionally target children with bubblegum flavor, mint flavor. And they'll, they'll ostensibly say, it's like, oh no, you know, we're just trying to help inveterate smokers get off of it. And it's, it's less dangerous because of all the... One of the reasons why smoking is bad for you, the, the, the toxicants that are in the filter. The nicotine is addictive, but nicotine in itself isn't necessarily a problem as much. But it's the, the, the stuff in the filters. So they'll say, well, we're trying to get people from smoking into jail. Well, honestly, you just want people to get hooked on your product. And so they target the children. The FDA has investigated them. And honestly, the FDA as a whole has been giving them a lot of leeway because of the lobbyists for the vape people in Hollywood, the paid prostitutes, as I like to call them. But stay away from smoking. It's just, it's a major problem. I don't think we need to spend too much time on that. Ultraviolet radiation, so tanning beds, which are not nearly as popular as they were 20 years ago, but obviously stay away from that. Now, really quickly, so we're going to go to class two. Class two is likely or probable carcinogen. So 2A we're going to do. Group one, the one we just did, is, yes, linked to cancer. So some of the more famous 2A ones, again, we're just going to hit the, like the, the most common ones because there's a lot of chemicals here that you're probably not going to be exposed to day in and day out. So we're just going to kind of avoid those. But let's get to some of these that maybe you don't know are causing problems in your life. So night shift work. Night shift work is a problem for a couple of things. It disrupts your circadian rhythm. And we, we, we had an episode early on, because I've mentioned before, and I haven't mentioned it recently, but I do struggle with bouts of insomnia. I'm an erotic insomniac. And we have a video, I'm sorry, we have an episode I did back in 2017 about how chronic insomnia is linked to shorter life expectancy, high rate of infections, high rate of obesity, high rate of cardiovascular incidences and high rate of cancers. So you want to get your seven to nine hours of sleep. Nothing is more important than sleep. But also connected to that would be nighttime working because you're going against your circadian rhythm and that throws off your body. So I understand like early in your career, if you want to do it to, to get that pay diff, I understand. But overall, you can't be doing it throughout your whole life because it, it's likely going to be linked to cancer and other problems. So they have red meat, consumption of red meat here. We've already kind of talked about that. Look, if you're eating grass-fed, good quality meat a couple of times a week, that's not necessarily problematic. All right, so let's get to what I guess some people would say would be a little more controversial. We do have episodes here on cell phones. So just really quickly, because I do have longer episodes on cell phones, big telecommunication wants you to think that there's no problems with cell phones. I would tell you that there's a lot of studies out there. University of Washington, UW has a lot that came out about 10 years ago that cell phones 
increase your chances of getting hip fractures, increase your chances of sperm motility problems, increase your chances of acoustic neuroma and glioblastomas. These are two types of cancers. Acoustic neuroma is a cancer of the cranial nerve, the eighth cranial nerve that is responsible for hearing. And look, they're problematic. So we we talk about this, like you need to limit your cell phone as much as you can, especially, and it's emitting the most radiation when you're driving fast distances and you're having it up to your head. Now, I think most people, of course, have Bluetooth, so you're not necessarily having this as a problem. But again, if, you, if you're using Bluetooth and you're driving 80 miles an hour on, on Interstate 35 and the phone is on you, you're defeating the whole purpose of Bluetooth. So you need to have the phone as far away from you as possible. We do have an episode here on wireless technology, like the earbuds that people have for their Apple product actually emitting more radiation than you would think. So I would be weary of that. But you are going to find various studies that conflict regarding cell phone radiation. It is non-ionizing as opposed to, let's say, x-ray text. I would just be very, very vigilant on this and just be very kind of weary of it. Same for smart appliances. Same for your Wi-Fi uh, these are all things that I would just be very weary of, and it's better to be safe than sorry. And just, I'm not telling you to get rid of your phone because it's essentially another organ of your body now for most people because they're phone addicted, but just safe, basic stuff. And we have episodes on that, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Other things that I would tell you to, that you probably are exposed to day in, day out that you might not know are compact fluorescent lights and fluorescent lights. Uh, we have an episode on this. I know I've been saying that a lot on this one, but but this is more of a review compendium episode. But Lancet, which is the biggest publication next to JAMA, had a study back in 1986 saying that fluorescent lights lead to certain forms of cancer. So we really need to limit them. And so if you're going to have light in your life, light in your house, I would tell you salt lamps, incandescent light bulbs, the old ones, candles and just dim lighting just try to stay away from that the very strong fluorescent lights and the compact fluorescent lights and just know if you break one of those compact fluorescent lights i think they've changed it but in the old the the first versions of the cfcs they actually had in there if you break these you need to call hazmat and get out of the room immediately because they have mercury in them and you breathe in the mercury fluoridated water is we we have three episodes on this i I think in the first 30 episodes i have a three-part series on fluoridated water problematic uh, systematic fluoride ingestion is problematic we've known this since the 1930s if you look at the the study they did on the two cities in upstate new york on the hudson river where they fluoridated one town and they didn't fluoridate the other one the newburgh study i think it's what if i remember correctly Maybe look into that. Um, it is linked to, to certain types of reproductive problems and endocrine problems. Again, just, I mean, you can buy fluoride filters for relatively cheap. And most of the fluoride in- inhalation we get or fluoride exposure is through inhalation in showers. But you can buy fluoride filters for your shower on Amazon. Plastics. Plastics are typically more linked to hormone or endocrine disruption. Again, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time here because we have a lot of previous episodes. If you're really interested in this stuff, scroll down. And I know on Spotify and on Apple, you cannot go past. They only like stockpile the last 300 episodes. So I know it might be problematic. But if you click on the link for Naturopathic Earth, or if you go to SoundCloud, Naturopathic Earth is a website, you can go there and all 401 episodes are there. But if you go to the first 50 
episode, this is where I really hit upon a lot of the things we're talking about here and they're really fleshed out more. But again, plastics, I would avoid them, especially heating them up or drinking anything that, that is brought to you in that format. So like sodas or bottled water. Also soups, uh, they have issues. Or the, the, the lining in it is BPA. Even if it says BPA-free, BPA-free items are a complete scam because they just use bisphenol S or another plasticizer. So the best thing is just remove plastics from your life. And it's possible to do this. You can use glass. You can use a, a, a ceramics. It's, it's not hard to eliminate plastics from, from your life. So guys, these are just a couple of things. Uh, just know what you're exposing your your family to and your your body to and again you don't need to believe everything i'm saying but i just want to spark an interest in you to investigate these things on your own go to websites like the, the environmental working group they're a great consumer watch agency that's been around and they'll talk about some of these things go to mercola uh, that's another great website that's got a bunch of these stuff so just investigate them guys until next time take care and before i forget please subscribe and follow to these for Eclectico Gregorio feeds and go check out the two links I have. One is for PayPal on the website if you want to make a little donation because again, I don't make any money for this. And lastly, is a link to the website if you want to stockpile or watch or listen to all these previously aforementioned episodes. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. If you'd like to reach out and talk to us, please reach out to the Awakened Man Facebook group and post a comment or ask a question over there. Thank you very much. God bless. Take care. Take care of your health. And breathe in some aromatherapy.